This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I'm Ashley Webster. I'm Kennedy. I'm Jason Chaffetz, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Thursday, December 28th, 2023. I'm Dave Anthony. Two Biden cabinet members went south of the border, wanting help stopping another record surge of illegal immigration. Hundreds of thousands of people use Mexico. It's a highway. It's a freeway of migrants every day. I'm Lisa Brady. Despite the headlines and the warnings, artificial intelligence isn't all that new. You can get the shortest distance to grandma's house, avoiding traffic that built up in the last hour that you didn't know about, but your smartphone did. And that smartphone is talking to satellites. Oh my gosh. And somehow no one was thinking that was AI. It's all AI. We speak with famed astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson. And I'm Tammy Bruce. I've got the final word on the Fox News Rundown. They crossed the border legally to stop all the illegal border crossings. Two Biden cabinet members went to Mexico for talks with President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, the head of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas, and Secretary of State Antony Blinken, as migrants keep flowing in record numbers. More than 35,000 were stopped by Border Patrol just over Christmas weekend. Does the Mexican government have incentive to stop this illegal immigration that's taking place? And they don't. Brandon Judd is president of the National Border Patrol Council and tells Fox. The cartels are generating billions of dollars for the Mexican economy. So all of this chaos that we see that's hurting our country is helping the Mexican government unless we're willing to give them something. Republicans are demanding more border security and keep holding up a bill that would provide tens of billions of dollars in military aid to Israel and Ukraine. Senator Lindsey Graham tells Fox. Here's the dirty little secret. They could fix this tomorrow if they went back to Trump policies, but they won't do it. So what was the goal of Blinken and Mayorkas's trip? The White House is basically asking Mexico to do something we have not done ourselves, which is deport asylum seekers. William Lajeunesse is Fox News senior national correspondent based in L.A., He's been to the border and south of it many times. There are certain protections under U.S. law um, that uh, entitles them to an immigration hearing. However, if they never get here, then that's something, something we have to worry about. So the White House is asking Mexico to do several things because, frankly, the border right now, despite what they say, is not secure, is out of control. It's chaotic. We've seen the pictures. Don't believe the White House. It's not true. So what do they want? Number one. We want Mexico to resume deportation flights and buses that they have, both from the interior, but as well as at the border. You've seen the pictures. We have uh, migrants camped out along the south side of the fence. They're in shelters in Tijuana and Matamoros. Um, Mexico used to do some deportation, but they ran out of money uh, several months ago. So we want them to resume those flights and those buses, taking people back down to Central America, dropping them in Guatemala or other Central American countries. Number two, 
There is something known, and I've, I've been on three of these caravans before originating in um, uh, El Salvador as well as Guatemala. Um, and you begin walking, you walk, you walk, you walk, but after a while, you know, walking is very tiring. So you look for one of two things. You look to hitch a ride on an 18-wheeler, uh, get in a bus. And when I say a bus, there, there aren't like the big tourism buses we have here. They're usually basically vans that people use there. Get in a, get a van, um, pay some money. Um, or you jump on the beast, which is a train. And there, there are several different rail lines that are north-south that you can get on. And those trains, they obviously have to slow down or stop at different points to pick up more cars. And uh, they're loaded with migrants. So uh, we want Mexico to start throwing people off the train. I mean, not literally, but yes, right. kind of literally. <laughs> right. well, um, we've seen pictures of that. They just ride on top in some cases. Is they that They ride correct? them on top. They ride between the cars. If, they, if, if there's any door open, you get in, in, the, um, in the bed of the, uh, the rail car. It doesn't matter. I mean, this thing's going, you know, 40, 50 miles an hour. It's the fastest way to, and cheapest way to get the United States. So... In the past, Mexico has policed those at the yards where they know these things are going to stop or slow down because of a turn, but typically where they stop. I've been in several. I can't even remember the name of the towns. But anyways, yeah, um, you'll find the migrants basically sleeping under a um, a stop train, and when it gets going, you hop on and off they go. Now, Um, some of these border crossings, William, last week, several days ago, we had closed in Eagle Pass and in El Paso entry to some of these trains into the U.S. That has been reopened. But that becomes another issue because you are dealing with trade. And I know in Nebraska they were upset because they export a lot of soybeans and corn down to Mexico. So that's another issue. Well, that actually is one of the reasons that precipitated this trip. Suddenly, businessmen on both sides of the border said, hey, you know, there's one thing about these immigrants. Don't care about them so much. We got, we got, we're losing money. So that was part of the impetus for this. Okay, number three. We want them to increase the number of interior checkpoints. Again, I've been there. Uh, there are a number of different spots, like a toll booth on Mexican freeways, where th- they'll put Mexican immigration agents backed up by police or federales, and they go get off the truck, right? You know, because you got semis, you got 18 wheelers, you got dump trucks, you got all kinds of trucks with people either in them or hanging on top of them. So, uh, put in these checkpoints to make the migrants get off. They got a bus over there on the side of the road. Get in the bus. We're taking you back. Lastly, there are these, to get through Mexico legally, you need something called a permiso. It's, gives, it's a visa. It's good for 90 days and allows you to travel in Mexico, quote, legally. So we're asking Mexico to stop issuing these permisos for the Cubans, the Haitians, for anybody else who's trying to go through Mexico legally. Otherwise, the police can stop you anywhere, take you off, rip you off, throw you back. But if you have a permiso, you're good for 90 days. So Mexico has been limiting, and we would like them to stop or limit the number of visas they give to allow people to transit Mexico. Hundreds of thousands of people use Mexico. It's a highway. It's a freeway of migrants every day. There's a lot of a lot of gotaways. A lot of migrants we don't even know and we don't keep track of. I mean, always a, there's a backlog of immigration court dates for the people who do get allowed to go into the U.S. But what about those who we don't know about? Yeah, there's hundreds of thousands of gotaways. So, so I've been in these um, 
spent a lot of time on the border and uh, been in the uh, command center, if you will, where, where it's a huge room and there are hundreds of TV monitors um, on the wall. And then there are like dozens of guys sitting around at computers and we're looking at these and, and there are uh, hundreds of cameras across the border, right? And, and they're automatic and they slew back and forth. And when they get a hit on movement, it will stop, it will zoom in on what that is. Is it a, is it a deer, is it a rabbit, or is it a human? And then there are, we have thousands of sensors across the border as well. So we know when people are coming in, it doesn't mean we can go get them. Number one, you're busy you know, handing out diapers, uh, processing people, and you're doing 15 other things. Um, there's only X number of guys per shift. I think Malusian reported last week, we had like one agent for 500 people in, in Lukeville. That's amazing. I mean, and, and so guess what? Lots of people are getting in, and they're in these remote areas in the canyons and the arroyos and the mountains, and we can't get them. It's hard enough as it is when you've got you know, drones and full manpower and jeeps to get out there and meet them at these certain roads to interdict them. But when you got nobody and you're just busy transporting people, it's a free-for-all. Now, earlier, William referenced caravans. There is another one on the move now coming to America. Some of us only go to the U.S. for four, five, six, seven years and then return to our country. For this reason, we demand that Joe... Biden, help us. He is one of the estimated 10,000 migrants in that caravan. Though in recent weeks, we've had more than that cross the border illegally per day. I'll tell you how these caravans work. Um, They gain people. The farther they go north, especially at least, I'll put it this way, into central Mexico, because a, a migrant generally has to pay a a smuggler. It depends on where they contract with them at these plazas and these little towns and so forth. Uh, there's usually a, a cartel recruiter there. Uh, you want to go to Chicago? Um, give me ten grand, and I'll make sure you get there. And and the cartel will make sure your transportation's okay. But if you don't want to pay the guy, you're going to eventually pay the cartel as you get closer to the border. But these caravans allow people to move en masse. And the Mexican police can't pick them off because for and I, I've been at the at the head of the spear, if you will, with these caravans. And up ahead, there'll be Mexican police or military with riot garb and shields and guns and batons, and they're going to have to break this up. Well, you know what you do? You put the women and the children at front, and you prevent that violence. Mexico does not want the video going out around the world, especially in Latin America, of Mexican police beating people with batons. So it doesn't happen. So as that caravan can move north and mass in kind of a protective way, it also saves you money because you don't have to pay the cartel until you get closer to the border. Now, once you get to Tijuana or the RGV or, or um, Reynosa um, or El Paso, you're going to have to pay money to get across the border, but I can save you a few thousand by walking in the caravan. Okay, so you, I, you, know, you talk about being there, seeing all this. How do they get fed? These migrants, I mean, they come here, they don't have a lot. How, how do they eat all the way as they go through Mexico? How, what, what happens? Well, believe it or not, well, well, some have bring some money. Uh, they sleep on cardboard outside in parks. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a horrible, it's a, it's a horrible life. It's a horrible way to get by. There's no sanitation. There's, it's, um, it's horrible. Um, there are often volunteers uh, and restaurants that will put out money for the migrants. 
there's a lot, there's a great affinity and sympathy and empathy for these individuals. They've, and so you'll go to these little towns and the caravan will be outnumber the town you know, five to one, but the town will produce food and put it out, not just at shelters and churches, but even around the town square. And in most of these cases, there's a square and migrants can get free food, if you will, that way. Well, that's incredible. And as you talk about yeah. the sympathy and the empathy, that might make it a little more difficult for Mexico's president. I mean, what does he want out of these talks <laughs> with the U.S.? He comes from the hard left politically. Uh, he was good friends with uh, uh, Chavez of Venezuela. Um, he's what he's asking for in return. And I'm sure there's more. To, well, there's money, obviously. Right. If I'm going to do this, you're going to pay me. And, and frankly, it's cheaper for the U.S. To, to pay Mexico to do its dirty work than for us to do it, frankly. But beside the point, um, he wants the U.S. to lift sanctions with Cuba and Venezuela. He wants to normalize relations within the Americas. And he sees himself as a leader. I mean, Mexico is the largest country within Latin America until you get down to South America, per se. But... Um, Technically, they have more influence, if you will, than the smaller Central American countries. And if he feels that he can regularize um, migration and relations with Cuba, Venezuela, Mexico, and the rest of Central America, that's a good thing. William Lajeunesse, Fox News senior national correspondent based in L.A., of course, been to the border and in Mexico numerous times. Great to hear all the stories and the info. Thanks for being with us. Oh, you bet. Thank you. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table, the Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. This is Tammy Bruce with your Fox News commentary coming up. One of the biggest topics of 2023 discussed all over the world by citizens and their leaders is artificial intelligence. We were already using versions of it when we ask Alexa or Siri a question, for instance. But the rise of generative AI, ChatGPT in particular, felt sudden and explosive. This past spring, we spoke with astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson about all the excitement about AI's potential and the concern about its risks. As always, Neil deGrasse Tyson was passionate, informative, and optimistic. Now here's that conversation from the June 14th Fox News Rundown. What's happening now with artificial intelligence didn't just happen, even though it may feel like a recent shockwave through the public consciousness. This is something that uh, uh, this administration has been doing. White House spokeswoman Karine Jean-Pierre previewing a meeting today between Vice President Kamala Harris 
and chief executives from several companies at the forefront of AI. To underscore the importance of developing safeguards that mitigate risks and potential harms while driving, driving responsible, trustworthy and ethical innovation. Conversations, some argue, are overdue. Oklahoma Republican Senator James Lankford says he's glad the administration is finally engaging on the issue and that the government needs to try to get ahead of it. We've all seen what's happened in multiple areas uh, where you allow technology to get ahead of what the regulatory state uh, really is on it to be able to make sure that we're managing a good thing and making sure it stays for good. It's not used for evil. But there's been a drumbeat of dread suggesting it may already be too late or that time's running out such as the recent open letter from tech leaders and others, including Elon Musk and people who've worked on AI, warning humanity may be in danger. My takeaway from the letter was not the caution that it could be dangerous for humanity. By the way, that would be true for practically any major scientific technological advance. Neil deGrasse Tyson is an astrophysicist, director of New York's Hayden Planetarium at the American Museum of Natural History, and author of his newest book, Starry Messenger, Cosmic Perspectives on Civilization. So I don't see that as a uniquely present letter. We could have done that at the beginning of the nuclear age. And of course, at the beginning, it was just imagined it was just a bigger weapon. And then we realized proliferation could turn it into something that could end all of civilization. So count it among those things that threaten civilization. So for me, the takeaway wasn't simply the warning, but the concern that maybe we're not spending enough time tracking how bad it could get so that maybe we could step in the way of that progress. So I, I applaud the attempt to alert people, but I think it asked for a ban on further AI research. I think that's unrealistic. Or a pause. Yeah, a pause. pause. Sorry, mm -hmm. yeah, correct. A, yeah. a six-month pause. And I think that's just completely unrealistic. Do you realize the United Arab Emirates has a minister of AI? Just to put this in context, countries care about AI all around the world, and a letter signed by a bunch of people, I don't think that's going to stop it or pause it. But what they should have said was, given how fast it's going, let's redouble our efforts to um, see all the bad things it could do and try to prevent that. I think part of the reason the letter maybe caught some people off guard was because it kind of left you with the feeling like, oh, what do they know about this that the rest of us don't? <laughs> um, uh -huh. So I don't know. I mean, as a scientist, I guess, why are you not? more concerned than yeah, you so sound I, or 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 is it a case of you know is the nuclear stuff really the worst case scenario with this i mean people think nuclear bomb that's the, that's i mean that's you know maybe planet level extinction i don't know but what what are some of the ways that it could mess up life worse than that you mean on a daily well, no, basis lot, so i can give some examples that i know of and there might be some others i haven't thought of yet i, I want to back up just for a moment mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. i come from the physical sciences all right i studied physics in college my first computer that i programmed because this is how old i am was in the <laughs> 1970s okay <laughs> and i've probably written about fifty thousand lines of code in my life my wife has programmed even more than I have. Wow. And so we, we've been very close to computers and their power and watched firsthand what power they have. Mm -hmm. And so anytime a computer made a great advance, we said, great, it can now calculate something that I don't want to calculate or took me too long to calculate. And I can think of other problems that were previously inaccessible to me because I couldn't do it. 
All right, so scientists, mathematicians, engineers, we have been in lockstep with the power of computing ever since the beginning. But what has happened is that the computer is now composing literature, okay? The computer is stepping into the realm of the social sciences, of the liberal arts, and then people are running for the hills, all worried. By the way, the computer replaced a whole bunch of jobs, all right, when they were rising up. Your car is made by robots controlled by computers, not by an assembly line of men in Detroit, as it was for decades. So computers have always been putting people out of a job. It's been raising other jobs that no one previously even imagined. So I'm, I, think, I'm, I think it feels now like it's sort of treading on human brain turf or like maybe we're in it was maybe, always maybe, that no no I, you yes. had to learn long division yes. in 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 middle school okay and now the computer does it did you say oh it's treading on human turf <laughs> no, no I just, you didn't say that what you I said mean, i'm glad <laughs> well, okay don't just, tell me that no no i just mean i'm not putting it in the right words but i feel like does it suddenly feel like we're we're valuing the human brain less in some way because of the newer advancements in artificial intelligence. That has been a continuous fact. They don't tell you this, but a computer flies your airplane. The pilot's in there basically for show. <laughs> <laughs> That's scary. The computer flies the airplane, especially the, the old ones, no, but the modern ones, it's flown by a computer, basically on every, practically all elements of it. Okay, are you saying, oh, it's taking away my humanity? No, it's making the plane safer. Don't you want that? So yes, times have changed. A computer beat us at chess, and that was long ago. A computer beat it, the best chess player. A computer beat us at Jeopardy. Talk about the human culture losing to a computer. So the, the, the world didn't come to an end when that happened. That is, people didn't react emotionally uh, when that happened. But all of a sudden, you say, write me an essay on the Etruscans, and out comes an essay that's basically perfect, and people freak out. Because now it's in your backyard, when we've always had it in our backyard. Yeah, and yes, I think of science and engineering as human things, because humans invented science and engineering. Right. Sorry, I'm screaming at you here, but... No, no, it's, <laughs> I love the passion. That's why yeah. I love talking to you. How do we get around this? How do we get around this fear then? How do we calm people down about it? Should we calm oh, people yeah, down about it? About fear. So holding aside the fear that is in every single uh, computer takes over the world movie, you know, like mm -hmm. Terminator or The Matrix, holding those aside for the moment. I think a more immediate, let's call it a threat, is the capacity of computers to fake things to fake your voice, your face, create a three-dimensional version of you based on just a few photographs, mm -hmm. all right? We've already had this happen from what I've read where they sample the voice of a loved one of yours and then that loved one calls you, it's all fake now, mm -hmm. calls you and say, oh, I'm, I'm touring Istanbul and I lost my credit card. Can I use your credit card while I'm here? Mm -hmm. And I'll pay you back when I get home. And you recognize the voice, you recognize everything about it. It might've even been a video call. And then you give them your credit card and bada bing, uh, AI just stole your credit card. There's all manner of evil, nefarious ways this can be abused. Another way, which I think is more widespread risk, 
is suppose you there are two countries that are already not getting along, all right, and then you fake an announcement of the leader of one of those countries that they're going to invade this afternoon, and the other country then reacts to this, and then it completes complete deadly chaos, even though neither leader said what the deep fake claimed it did. Mm -hmm. So we already have the problem of misinformation, disinformation, uh, people believing they're experts because they spend a few minutes reading a Google page and then they override the actual opinion of an actual expert. So that's already created havoc in the social media circles. Part of me wonders, maybe AI will create such good fakes that no one will trust the internet anymore for anything. And we just have to simply shut it down. Maybe it's the final nail of a coffin in the internet. 30 years, it was a good run from the early 90s to the early 20s and 2020s. Now it's time for the next thing. That could be the greatest gift of AI to the internet. Saving humanity from itself? Yes. Perhaps. Um, (laughs) um, Well, And that's a weirdly more philosophical thought. Like I said, in a chess game, we think it'll make things bad and maybe making things much worse forces a level of, uh, induces a level of distrust where uh, it has no power of us at all. I was going to ask you about some of the positives, but I think in general, a positive thing about AI is the ability to make life easier on a variety of fronts, right? Isn't it's it kind happening of- all along. Right. Your life is easier now, all along. It's, 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 but you think, people think AI is some new kind of thing. It's more powerful computing. And in some cases, it can train itself. So it can be more powerful sooner than it otherwise would have been. And the person doesn't have to train it to become more powerful. All right. So I, I'm more simplistic about it. To me, they're more powerful computers that will continue to replace your tasks. And this thing with it, the chat bot and the writing, let it write things that nobody wanted to write, like instruction manuals. Or <laughs> let, let it let it write an instruction manual. Nobody wants to write those things. Or, or tour guides, okay? All the things that were never signed by authors, let the thing write those. And sure, yes, and it'll put some people out of work. So what happens now is when you go to college or you get educated at all, you don't want to learn a trade because that could go extinct. You know, you don't want to learn how to make horse-drawn buggies because that could go extinct. What you want to do is learn how to think, how to put together new information into new ideas so that you can always be out ahead and be have value to an employer. So we have to transform the educational system. I think in the end that would be a positive thing. And you're saying, what will AI do for us? You've interacted with Siri on an iPhone And you say, Siri, where's the nearest Starbucks? It'll find Starbucks, tell you it's ours, tell you when it's most crowded, tell you when to avoid it and when to go, and all that's happening and not a human being is involved. You can get the shortest distance to grandma's house, avoiding traffic that built up in the last hour that you didn't know about, but your smartphone did. And that smartphone is talking to satellites. Oh my gosh. And somehow no one was thinking that was AI? It's all AI. It's replacing humans in the intellectual sphere. All of it. Neil deGrasse Tyson, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 
Hey, it's Will Kane, co-host of Fox & Friends Weekend. Join me as I share my thoughts on a wide range of topics, from sports and pop culture to politics and business. The Will Kane Podcast. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. It's time for your Fox News commentary. Tammy Bruce. What's on your mind? It's likely you've heard by now that a narrow four to three majority of the Colorado Supreme Court ruled that former President Donald Trump is disqualified from holding federal office under the 14th Amendment to the Constitution. The court said Trump engaged in insurrection when his supporters rioted at the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021. Quote, I'm not an insurrectionist. Crooked Joe Biden is. Trump wrote on Truth Social, this makes sense because the move by Biden supporters to bar Trump from serving a second term as president is a grave threat to the survival of our democracy. Keeping a candidate off the ballot is a dangerous and disastrous escalation in the Democrats' efforts to seize power. It must be avoided just as countries with nuclear weapons avoid using them. The Mutual Assured Destruction Principle is a doctrine of deterrence. If one country used nuclear weapons, other countries would follow, and we could see billions of people killed and civilization destroyed. In other words, no one wins, and everyone loses. Similarly, if one party started barring its opponents for running for president in a political war, our democracy would go into a death spiral. And without the ability to elect a president of their choice, there's no telling what angry, disenfranchised voters would do. Just thinking about it is frightening. Yet, it seems to not be frightening the Democrats, who never bother with considering the catastrophes that follow their actions. Even though the U.S. Supreme Court is unlikely to rule that Trump is unqualified to serve as president under the 14th Amendment when he appeals this dangerous and partisan Colorado ruling, the state court decision opens a Pandora's box of nightmarish scenarios. The Hail Mary desperation play by Trump opponents to deprive voters of their ability to elect the presidential candidate of their choosing isn't just election interference. It's blatant, un-American election rigging. Totalitarian states, including Russia, China, North Korea, Iran, Afghanistan and Cuba today and Nazi Germany and fascist Italy in the last century, routinely bar regime opponents for running for office. Whether you love Trump or hate him, you should support his right to be on the ballot because doing so upholds the right of all of us to govern ourselves. With our votes, we ensure that government is the servant of the people. When government can bar candidates who leaders don't like from the ballot, government becomes our master. I'm Tammy Bruce, a contributor at Fox News, and this column originally appeared at AMAC.us. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com.